Hi, and welcome to Filled with His Love. I want to deal with a sensitive topic today. It's a topic that affects everyone, and it's sensitive, I think, because it's an issue that's emotional as well as spiritual. Nearly everyone knows at least one person who has at one time been active in the church and then decided to leave. Those close to the person who leave often keep asking themselves why. What happened? Was it my fault that they left? I thought they were totally devoted to God and to the church, and then one day they say they're leaving. Do they still believe in God? Some do, I've found, and some don't. It seems that they are faithful one day and faithless the next. From the very beginning of Christ's church on the earth, some members have struggled to keep their faith. When Jesus made it clear to his listeners that he was actually the Son of God, some of his followers could not accept it. They may have seen him as a great teacher, even a prophet, but the Son of God, that was too much for them. In John 6, we read, quote, Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, mm, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? End quote. These are not his detractors. These were his disciples, those close to him, those who loved his teachings, but they could not accept him as God's only begotten Son. When I was a young man, I knew that some of my peers left the church, but we didn't talk about it much. Now we hear it mentioned all too frequently. Are all the young people leaving the church? Are millennials all checking out? I've reviewed some of the research that has been done to find out exactly how many are actually leaving. The research is not totally clear because it's not simple to track every member of the church. We have good data on how many new converts remain active, and that percentage has not changed significantly over the years. Some wonder if we're losing more than we're baptizing, and we're definitely not. Some wonder if more new members come from new births than from convert baptisms, and they don't. We baptize nearly twice as many new converts compared with the number of new babies born into the church in a year. I heard a general authority say recently that if we look at the numbers historically, the percent of members who leave the church has not increased. Some have determined that the percent is even lower today than it was in the days of the early 1800s. Apostasy has always been a part of the Church of Jesus Christ. Members apostatized when Jesus walked the earth. They apostatized in the early days of the Church, after the Restoration, and some still choose to leave today. We need to remember that nine of the original twelve, called by the Prophet Joseph, left the Church, and apostasy still continues. Here's the big difference. In the 1800s, there were many fewer members of the Church than there are today, and those who left the church could not broadcast their departure nearly as easily as people can today. There was no social media in the 1800s. It was a private decision that often stayed quite private. Now we might hear of someone leaving and conclude that a large percentage are leaving, when in fact most are remaining faithful. Now back to John 6. Simon Peter witnessed the dissension when Jesus proclaimed his divine sonship. And he answered Jesus and said, quote, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. End quote. 
If we had been there on that day, this is what we would have said if Jesus asked us about our belief in him. Quote, we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. End quote. This is what we want our children and grandchildren to say. It's what we want all new members of the church to say. Because if we can say this with all our heart, we will stay true. Because like Peter, if we cannot say this, where would we go? Whom would we worship instead of Christ? He is the aim of our devotion. When my wife and I were serving as mission leaders, President Boyd K. Packer said in one of our training meetings, and this is a loose quote, Brothers and sisters, don't worry about those who are newly baptized. They can be like the Lamanites who joined the church long ago. They can be among those who never fell away. Then he quoted from Alma 23 and 6, I say unto you, as the Lord liveth, as many of the Lamanites, as believed in their preaching and were converted unto the Lord, never did fall away. Now, you know, every missionary is worried about newly baptized members falling away, so his words came as a sort of strength and comfort to us. But the words of this verse mean something different to me now than they did 20 years ago. Notice the word converted in the verse. As many of the Lamanites as believed in their preaching and were converted unto the Lord, never did fall away. End quote. I once thought that that word converted meant baptized and confirmed, but now I see it differently. It wasn't enough to simply believe in their preaching. They had to be truly converted unto the Lord. And is conversion instant? No. Conversion takes all of our life. It's a lifelong process. Elder Christofferson once cited the scene in Mosiah when King Benjamin preached the word and his listeners had, quote, no more disposition to do evil but to do good continually, end quote. Elder Christofferson explained that their change of heart did not come instantly. It took time. I believe that this is the same with the Lamanites' conversion. It took time. But the deeper the truths of the gospel sank into their hearts, the less they had any inclination to depart from the faith they had embraced. We experience conversion every time we recognize God's hand or His influence in our lives. We experience conversion when we see the effects of the gospel in someone else's life. Those who witnessed the Savior's miracles when He was here on the earth experienced an increase of faith, a deeper conversion, every time they witnessed a miracle. But to experience that deeper witness, they had to first profess their belief in Him as the Son of God. Others saw the miracles and wrote them off as some sort of magic or coincidence. So, we first accept the Lord as our Savior and Redeemer, and then we live in ways that allow us to grow in faith and surety that God is in the heavens and will help us along our way in mortality. All of this infers that when we see someone lose their faith and leave the church, we need to embrace them, love them, and have our own faith that they will one day return. This is not only my hope, but it is my firm belief that those who have professed a belief in the past will one day rediscover the truths that they once treasured, that the brightness of their belief will be reignited 
and grow inside them, that they will be so firmly converted that they will never fall away again. I've mentioned before on this podcast that I have a brother who was less active for 30 years, and my wife has a brother who was less active for 50 years, but they have both come back into full activity in the church. They both show that losing faith is often a temporary event, even though it was quite long for each of them. It was still temporary. It does not define someone's life. The past can be put away. As the scriptures say, all has become new. And in the end, our present condition is all that matters. So if someone you love no longer feels close to the church, my heart goes out to you. My prayer is that your loved one will remember the faith that was once inside them and have a desire to return as our brothers have done, because the process of conversion took hold in their lives, and even though they were distant for a time, they came back, and so, in a real sense, they never did fall away. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.